Hello, and welcome to Real Time with Rose Sandy. I'm an author of international thrillers and suspense novels, and I'm here to entertain you with stories you won't forget. On this show, I dig a little deeper into the behind the scenes good stuff. We talk places, characters, new science, technology breakthroughs, espionage, and historical mysteries, all of which make their way into my books. But most importantly, I'm here to give you something sure to thrill and to get to know you too. So let's dig right into it. Hello and welcome to Real Time with Rose Sandy. I am so glad you've made it here. And today on the show, we are going to be talking about my new book that I just published, The Decryptor and the Pythagoras Clause. This was an extremely fun book to put together because it really went back and looked at some of the things that um, helped these characters grow. We look a little into some of the past of these characters, but the main premise of the book really looks at what if there was a app on your phone or in your computer that could tell your future. And it was something that was accessible and a corporation out there was making money and just taking horoscope prediction to a whole other level. So, of course, what this means is I look at things like machine learning. I look at, you know, how dangerous can technology be and also how infringing can it be in your life and what indeed will happen in the future as um, machines start to learn and to know more about our lives. As most of you know, our lives are completely connected almost all the time. And for many of us, that has been since birth. So if you've not picked up your copy, the book is available wherever good books are sold and you can just grab yourself one and uh, enjoy that book. And I'd be so interested to hear what you think. So always remember, you can reach me at rose at rosesandy.com. I'm always on the other side of that email and it's always also great to know what's going on in your world. So let's start right there. What exactly is going on in our world? We are still in a very difficult time uh, across the globe with the pandemic still um, growing in many parts of the world. And a lot of our lives are on hold and continue to be. And what I try to do is try to find some positive in the day and try to find something that um, keeps me engaged and not to think too much about it. At the same time, some of the things I've done over the year across um, with the pandemic is I've also done some volunteer work to help um, with the uh, volunteer services here um, that were set up nationally. And that might be one day having a chat with someone who is in self-isolation and just needs a little bit of encouragement. So I really enjoy that because I actually get to know a lot of people. And what has happened is a lot of them ask me, well, what do you do? And I tell them a little bit about me. And then I tell them that, yes, I do write books. And then we go on to this whole um, conversation around books. So that's always a nice icebreaker 
this experience has been extremely rewarding because um, it gets the focus off yourself and onto somebody else's um, life. And this is really something that I actually enjoy doing. So I've heard a lot from you guys um, ever since the release of the new book and even just as you are enjoying some of the other books that are already out there. And it was just so wonderful to hear how some of you have just jumped on on board with the Color Crest series and you are enjoying them. You're enjoying the technology and you're enjoying the um, characters. You're enjoying the premise of the books. You're enjoying just a little bit of what I explore and the places that we go to and also the growth of the characters. Um, keep in mind that the decryptor books, uh, when I wrote the first one, it was never meant to be a series, but I always wanted to to know where Carla Crest came from. We start off the book with um, Carla Crest being an orphan or someone who actually doesn't know where her parents come from. And she's out there. She doesn't know if they're alive. And so I always saw that as a book of uh, a quest for identity. And I always knew that I wanted adventure in them and I wanted to travel to different parts of the world. And I wanted our main character to be someone who could represent a lot of people um, and a lot of women, to be honest. Um, and one of the best compliments I've had was when someone told me, uh, a person in Hollywood, that Color Crest is interesting because she could be played by any race. She could be played by any person um, out there because she represents a lot of what we all go through, which is um, a search for identity. So that was really exciting. And, um, and I'll keep you informed as projects develop. But for now, we are going to take a look at the most recent book, the Color Crest um, Decryptor book, The Pythagoras Clause. So what's been going on this week? So um, this week I heard from Ricky, who has finished the first book and has jumped right on to the second book, The Mind Hacker. And it was great to hear his comments saying that he's fully enjoyed this team and the adventure of the decryptor and the secret of the lost manuscript. So thanks, Ricky, and thank you for your feedback. And it's always, always great to hear from readers because writing is such a lonely thing. I think a lot of people do not know that you sort of sit there in your workroom or take a walk and you come up with these ideas and um, you know, you're never certain, you know, where the idea is going to go or how it's going to be received. And although my main driver in putting these stories together is really about entertaining, but it's also about discovering. I like to discover things about our world and discover things about people. And obviously, because I focus quite a bit on technology and espionage, I like to explore that world as well in terms of um, what it's all about and what things can drive characters to do the things that they do in these books. This week, I also heard back from Joe and uh, Dave. And um, again, around uh, digging into the first books and um, how they have enjoyed the journey and continue to enjoy the Color Crest journey. And I think this is something that always intrigues me because even though the first book was written um, a few years back now, um, it's always interesting to see people just 
um, who've just discovered the book. And, and it brings me back to the point of where I wrote um, the first book. Many of you might not know that when I wrote that first book, I was at a point in my life where I was sort of deciding what the next steps were going to be. And, um, and I really got the strong sense that, you know, I should write. And it was something that I had done for years and years, but I never really pursued it. So this is going out back about 10 years, I, I would say. And so, yeah, it's always great to hear someone discover the book today and still enjoying it. So it just is wonderful because it, it just makes me uh, feel or uh, makes me understand that these books are relevant today. I've always looked at near future technology and will continue to do so. It is something out there that I'm always intrigued about. I want to know where technology will take us. I want to know where uh, new things that are being developed, uh, where they will go and how they will affect us as a human race. So this is really where um, the Color Crest series uh, come in. Right, so let's get right on to it. And um, a little bit of a background to the book. The Decryptor and the Pythagoras Clause was a book that I started Honestly, about three years ago, I was on a trip uh, in Greece and I was in Crete and I had visited a few museums and I was also enjoying some of, uh, obviously, the island and the sunshine. I was reading a magazine and I'm not a person who reads horoscopes and I'm not a person who um, necessarily pays attention to horoscopes or anything like that but it was it was something that always intrigued me that a lot of people do and I'd had friends and uh, acquaintances that I knew were quite you know into the whole what if but we cannot deny that as a human race we sort of want to control parts of our world and we want to control uh control parts of our lives and we want to know where life's taking us and will I have this? Will I be able to do that? So that's really where the premise came from. Uh, and I thought, well, what if it wasn't just a magazine you picked up that told you a very generic look at your life um, or at your horoscope? What if it was an app and this app had actually studied you for a long time? So it's all about... Um, big data. And you might, you know, um, if you're interested, you can Google big data. But what essentially it is, is that all of us have touch points and we've all left a digital footprint. But what if there was a machine so sophisticated enough to have collected your digital footprint and was able to see your whole uh, life, everything you want, everything you shop for, everything you you do and could somehow using artificial intelligence create or be able to predict your future. So really that is what it's about. So when we, when we open or when we, um, when we start the book, this is what's going on. Um, I reintroduce uh, the character Carla Cress's mom. Now she's been very silent in most of the books and you see her in bits and bobs. But with this book, I wanted us to understand what it was like for her being a spy with um, a pregnant spy in um, a man's world where she was really doing this incredible job in, you know, working for MI6. 
but she found herself um, with a child and wanted to know what that would look like and how she could protect that child. And most of you will know in the book, if you've read the other books, that um, she has a genealogy that is very interesting and is a bit special. So I won't spoil it for those of you who have not read it. So she wanted to protect in those first chapters, we or the first chapter, we see her wanting to protect the data points that her child will have. And we know that that is Carla Cress. Um, if you've read the other books, her child is Carla Cress. And she knows the child was special. She knows that the government and many people have interest in this child because this child has very special genealogy. So she goes and in search of a gentleman by the name of Andor Heskin, who is sort of this mathematician, engineer, genius. He's worked with the UK Space Agency, but he's also sort of uh, dipped inside, in and out of intelligence circles. But he's quite gifted in creating um, software and creating new technology. And one of the things he, uh, uh, Carla Cress's mom, Nicole, ask is for him to create something that could prevent any data on her child's just being open to not only governments, but anybody out there. So Andor does that, but with conditions. And so the whole thing actually falls apart in that very first scene. And I'll let you read it, but that's sort of what sparks off this, well, whatever happened. So does and or go on to develop this technology. So the whole book looks at him, and he is our villain. I'm not going to uh, shy away from that. He is our villain who decides that the case of Colacris is just way too interesting to just leave it because he thinks he's on to something and he can develop. So he's the father of that technology around the uh, prediction. And he uses data science and he uses big data all to do with how we live. So then we fast forward into present day, which is um, when Carla Cress is um, just going on with her everyday life. And it starts coming to her attention that a few people around the world have used this app. At this point, the app has developed and it is run by the um, a corporation called Scope Technologies. They are sort of marketing this both to individuals on the consumer level, but also to corporates and governments. And what the app is doing is essentially that telling governments, nations, individuals, their future. And it is very realistic, but there is a side effect and we don't know what that side effect is. And hence, by the time Carla Cress, who at this point is the head of the International uh, Security Task Force, which is our secret agency that she works for, the secret government agency that she works for, she it lands on her desk that all these people around the world are starting to either fall into comas or ill after using this app. And it's sort of this mystery happening. So that's one thing on one one side. But before she begins the whole investigation around this, we find Carla and Nash on a trip 
to Havana in Cuba. And they're just on a holiday, not really looking for adventure or they they don't have any cases. They've just finished a big case in Africa that they've just worked on and they all go to Havana for a good time. But while in Havana, they go to a um, uh, Havana's big um, biggest flea market with, and which is very uh, well known for just selling all kinds of gadgets, but also uh, the culture and expressing the culture of uh, Cuban culture, very colorful. And while they're there, they go into a an antique shop or kind of like a knickknack shop, kind of sells everything. And as Carla is in this shop, she picks up or she sees something that really is out of place. And what she sees is an ancient scroll. Now, remember, Carla Cress is a curator at the British Museum. So she picks up an ancient scroll and she's wondering what on earth is a highly valuable ancient scroll doing in a flea market? Now, the shopkeeper does not seem so bothered. She kind of nudges Nash and says, hey, listen, this is this is not right. It's kind of out of place. She does um, wonder what to do with it because what Carla starts off with at the beginning of the book is really what we see is that she's still not come to terms with her identity. And this is something that Carla Cress is still struggles with because even though she sort of found out what her identity in terms of heritage were, there's another sense that we all have that we want to know where we belong. And even once we found out what who we are. So Carla is in that mindset. And when she picks up this scroll, she opens it and she recognizes that it's very ancient, possibly Egyptian. So she picks it up and she recognizes it as Egyptian. Remember, Carla Cress is a curator at the British Museum. So she is quite versed in understanding and picking up ancient artifacts and what she sees in the scroll is on you know on written on papyrus paper and the writing some of it is legible some of it is not some of it is understandable but some of it is in that very special digital language that we've come to know in these books called the operative language but equally perplexing with the scroll is it has a depiction of a woman on it who resembles her. And this is what really shocks Carla. Is there's a woman on this scroll from all those hundreds of years ago who looks like her drawn on this piece of paper. Carla has her suspicions and she really believes that this scroll belonged to an ancient scholar by the name of Hypatia who is uh, known, who lived in Alexandria um, around 400 BC. And that really sets her back. Now, going a little forward, the scroll, they buy it. They go back to their hotel. So one of the things Carla Cress and Nash were doing in Havana as well was to attend a genealogy conference because Carla Cress has got this whole thing that she is not normal because she has a very special genealogy and it scares her. It scares her that she can do things that most people can't do and that her body works in other ways than most people. Now, many would call that gifted, but for her, she's like, well, 
what if one day this overtakes me and I can't control it? So she's got all this happening. So now imagine finding a scroll that has a picture that resembles you and it is hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years old. That's where our story kicks off. Now, another thing about the book is, um, again, you will know in the Color Quest series, I love to take uh, you to places that I want to go or I have been. And um, and we travel, as in every Color Quest book, we travel around the world. So you will um, travel to Montenegro in this book. You will also travel to Egypt, you will travel to France, you will travel to many other places. So it is going to meet all your sort of expectations uh, as you've come to know them with the Color Crest series. And of course, it is an action adventure. And again, our hero is uh, looking for um, a mystery that started many years ago. So where does the whole Pythagoras element come in and why is it called the Pythagoras Clause? So remember the beginning, I said that there is an app, it's out of control. So as you would expect, the mystery goes back to Pythagoras. And Pythagoras was a um, philosopher, but he was also a mathematician. Many of you may have heard of the Pythagoras theorem for those of you who studied that in high school. Um, and he is fascinating because what I explore is a connection between Hypatia, the scholar from Egypt, and her intrigue and connection to Pythagoras. Now here is where it all connects the story. The app as Colacrest is investigating this with her team, she is shocked to learn that the only thing that can stop this app is something Hypatia discovered hundreds of years ago, and it was inspired by Pythagoras. So that is how we connect history and technology in this book. As you know, every book, I connect history and technology. Well, I hope you've enjoyed that little introduction to the Pythagoras Clause, and um, I hope you uh, enjoy it. If you've if you read it, tell me what you think, because I've had so much fun writing it, and uh, we've just had a lot of um, fun putting that together for you. And um, yeah, so the book is out and it is available and you can find that where all good things, uh, good books are sold rather. So yeah, you can always reach me on my Instagram at Rose Sandy Author or on Facebook at Rose Sandy Author or on Twitter as well at Rose Sandy Author. So let's connect, let's chat, let's talk books. But most importantly, I want to know what's going on in your world. So thank you. And I will leave you today and I will talk to you next time.